What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Wednesday, October 7th, year of our Lord, 2020. Thank you very much for tuning in for Divisional League Series games yesterday. We're going to be talking about every single one of them. One of my favorite days of the year. The days when you get all the games going on and close to or relatively around the same time. A lot of fun. Like I said, this is my reward. You know, my punishment is that I have to watch the Tigers all year. Whether it be in a 162-game season or a 60-game season. They're the team I cover. They're the team I watch. Now, hopefully the day will come in which it's not a punishment anymore. Hopefully the day will come in which I can actually enjoy watching them. But right now, uh, that's 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 my punishment. And my reward is I get to watch real baseball teams in the postseason. And that's what I've been watching so far in 2020. Some intriguing games yesterday. We'll start with the very first game of the day. The Marlins lost 9-5 against the Atlanta Braves yesterday afternoon. That one was at, I think that was at Minute Maid in Houston. It was. You know, I, I think this postseason has kind of been defined by several things. But one of them has been a game of, when are the Marlins going to realize they're bad? Because, I mean, look, they had a very nice little season, and I, I was very complimentary of them. Uh, a couple days ago when I did this podcast last week, I think it was Friday's show where I said, or I'm sorry, no, it was actually this week, it was Monday, where I said, hey, I think they got a bright future, man. They got some players. It'll take some time, but I think they're going to grow and develop into something. I think they'll be a contender here in the next few years, but it, not this year. I think this year is a lot of smoke and mirrors, and yet I was watching that game yesterday, and I was thinking, man... <laughs> Maybe the Marlins got a shot. They got to Max Freed, which is something no one had done all year this year. He'd been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. He only goes four innings, giving up four earned runs in the process. They had a 4-1 lead. Sandy Alcantara was dealing. That, that dude has unbelievable stuff. That swingback two-seam fastball of his was dancing. He was throwing change-ups, getting guys to swing and miss on change pieces at 94 miles per hour. I was thinking, man, these Marlins, they don't mess around. They got a shot. Now, uh, then we get into the controversy. All of a sudden, Ronald Cooney Jr. got hit. I don't know if it was intentional. I don't think it was. I, I don't know. I really don't know. It is a pretty crazy coincidence that this guy has been plunked by the Marlins, I mean, multiple times, several times now. I mean, what is it, five or six times? He also homered uh, to open the game, giving the Braves a one nothing lead in the bottom of the first. Sketchy, and they gave the Braves an inch, and they took a mile, and that offense really exploded in the later innings. So what, one thing about the Braves, because I haven't watched a ton of Braves baseball this year. The Braves were one of those teams I knew was good. They were good last season. They were good the year before. I would kind of check up on them. I'd say, all right, let me check on the Braves today. Are they still good? Yep, they're still good. And I kind of would stop watching. I overlooked how good that offense is and how like every guy in that offense was having a monster season. Like Marcelo Zuna like almost won the triple crown this year. He was a monster. Darnold had a very good year. Freeman obviously probably going to win the MVP. I knew that. Dansby Swanson's solid. Adam Duvall's revived his career. Marcakis is still you know capable of, of hitting the baseball. That is a really deep team and, and like I said last week I think that there are a lot of people including myself who are kind of soured by the way things went for them in the postseason last year, and the fact that I, I didn't feel like they had a very good offseason, but 
they've rebuilt the right way, and this is still one of the most talented cores in all of baseball. They're going to win a World Series at some point. And who knows? Maybe it'll be this year. I, I, I really still wonder about that starting pitching. I, you know, after Max Freed, your number one starter is, is Anderson, who is a rookie and who's a very good rookie, but, you know, I don't know if you can rely on him to give you big innings in a divisional series or a championship series. But either way, the offense exploded yesterday, won him game one. Look, it's not over because the Marlins still have a really good rotation. They absolutely got a shot. This will be a, a more intriguing series, I think, than I than I ever thought it would be. As for another intriguing series, you have the Houston Astros taking a 2-0, uh, I won't call it stranglehold, but a firm vice grip on the, the neck of the Oakland A's taking a 2-0 series lead. A, a very workmanlike performance by the Houston Astros. Monster game by George Springer. He hit two home runs. I mean, you talk about a top three October hitter in all of baseball, top five probably of a generation. George Springer in October is just a guy you don't want to mess with, and he is so brutal at the top of that lineup. Drove in three of the Astros' five runs. Framer Valdez was wonderful for Houston yesterday. He's been a breakout performer. You know, had five scoreless innings out of the pen in Game One of the Wild Card Series. Seven innings of two-run ball yesterday against a pretty solid. Oakland A's lineup. Look, Zach Greinke is experiencing some some arm soreness right now, and because of that, he might not see the mound. Maybe maybe not at all in this series, but he's not going to see the mound in Game 3. The Astros are going to go with Jose Urquidy, but again, I'll, I'll go back to the point I made yesterday, and that's that I just I have no faith in this Oakland A's rotation, and it's the reason why I'm outside of maybe 2014 when they traded for Lester, and they had Sonny Gray and Samarja and John Lester. Outside of that kind of blip in the radar, and that team completely flamed out. They fell apart late in the in the regular season, and then ultimately blew that comeback in the American League Wild Card game, kind of uh, catapulting the Royals to that um, the first of, of two magical runs to the World Series, ultimately winning it in 2015. Besides that, I've just I've never felt like they've had their horses in the rotation to be able to make a deep playoff run, and that's being proven again. Like this Astros team, given the injuries they've had should not be a rotation that's outpitching many teams. And yet, McCullers, while he wasn't very good uh, the other day, you know, I thought outpitched Bassett probably. And then yesterday, Framer Valdez outpitched Sean Manaya. And Sean Manaya, he's a, he's a frustrating case because the guy's got talent, you know, threw a no-hitter in 2018 against historically like one of the best lineups ever in the 2018 Red Sox. You know, had suffered that injury late in the 2018 season. It just doesn't seem like He's, he's been back to being himself, you know, and it's too bad because it really seemed like he had ace potential there for a minute. We're about to find out how tough that team really is because they are, you know, not their backs are not only against the wall, their backs are inside the wall right now. I, I don't know how they, how they pull this one out because the Astros offense is insanely hot right now. I mean, you have Springer seeing the ball well. You have Altuve starting to see the ball well. Brantley's always seeing the ball well. Bregman coming alive. Tucker, that is still like, like the names I'm, I'm listing off. And that's why the Astros this season were so frustrating to me because I saw guys in that offense struggling that I know are money. All jokes aside, all, all scandal aside, you could just ignore that for a second. I know these guys can hit. Like, yes, they cheated in 2017. And yes, they deserve the punishment they got. You could make a strong argument they deserved an even greater punishment. Being able to know what pitch is coming doesn't mean you also don't have the God-given ability to hit a baseball. Like, I know these guys can hit. I know these guys can hit for power. And they have found it at the right time. I'm going to save my my Oakland A's uh, lashing right now because the series is not over. But this is the team the A's wanted. 
This is the team the A's were talking crap about all year. Mike Fires, obviously, who kind of started this whole thing, was the first guy to blow the whistle. He pitches for the Oakland A's now, yet to see the mound, but he pitches for the A's. They're a small market team, and what have I said from the beginning? I've said that if there's ever a year in which a small market team I feel like could break through and win a World Series, it would be this year. Well, they got to win three games in a row against an offense that's pretty darn hot. They're in a lot of trouble, and I... I I have serious doubts about their ability to to uh, work their way out of this. Uh, so that will do it for segment one. When I come back, I'm going to re- recap the final games that went down yesterday. The first one between the Rays and the Yankees. Second one, Dodgers and Padres. Two exciting games. I'll talk about those real quick when I get back. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmate it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store, and you don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free, browse local restaurants and businesses, and track your delivery in real time. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with the code LOCKEDON. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in. Two more games to talk about. I'll start with the Rays, who beat the New York Yankees last night 7-5. A well-played ball game. Uh, it- these two teams play intense games. They do. I don't think they like each other very much. They know each other very well. Uh, a lot of bad blood between them. The fun game to watch, but a controversial game nonetheless for several reasons. One, the, the big reason, the Yankees decided to go with the rookie. They decided to go with Delvey Garcia starting uh, game two for them. You know, I probably would have gone with Tanaka, but hey, to each their own. I understand it. But they tried to get cute. And Yankees fans and everyone across baseball, I think, is kind of in agreement with me on this that what they did was stupid they pitched him for one inning and then they they pulled the rug out and said whoa whoa we're using him as an opener and we're gonna throw j-hap out there and and he's gonna pitch to the lefties and guess what now kevin cash is gonna have to flip his lineup and watch what happens and guess what the yankees got popped i i think like and i think aaron boone's done a good job in new york i i, I had serious doubts about him after year one i think he's progressively gotten better as a manager, both in terms of how he's dealt with a very difficult media situation there in New York, and I think just in terms of strategy, this was a boneheaded move. I'm so tired of the New York Yankees thinking they have to get cute. And Michael Kay, you know, legendary broadcaster, does the Yankees television play-by-play and also hosts the Michael Kay show in New York, talked about this, where he's like, look, when the Rays first used an opener, they did it because they didn't have any starting pitchers to use. Like, it's something you use when you simply don't have the horses. So you 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 do a bullpen day. Like, I get that. That makes sense to me. The New York Yankees shouldn't have to do that. It's like, what I compare it to is back when the Tigers knocked the A's out 
of the postseason in 2012 and 2013. You had an Oakland A's team that was trying, as they always do, trying to outsmart you, trying to be smarter strategically. They had a very good manager in Bob Melvin, you know, putting together lineups that, you know, filled with guys who could get on base. You know, maybe not anybody individually who would scare you, but top to bottom, they were pretty deep. Smart pitching changes, starters who may not necessarily go deep into ball games, but you had a pretty well-rounded bullpen. You know, a team, a probably a pretty smart baseball team. And yet you had a team in the Tigers who said, yeah, we don't care about any of that. We're just going to throw Verlander out there game five and he's going to dominate. Like that's what the New York Yankees mindset should be. They should have the horses that should allow them not to be getting cute. I thought that was a really dumb decision. It's one of the things that annoys me. I don't know why they do this. I don't know why they, they feel this need to be smarter than everybody else. The New York Yankees don't have to be smarter than anybody. They're the Yankees. They should have already a team filled with with all-star caliber talent that should be able to carry you. Like, if it was the other way around and the Rays did this, I would have called it genius because the Rays would have done it knowing that they didn't have the firepower to be able to win a game like that with a starting pitcher who could go six, seven innings. The Yankees should have that. And even if you felt like the move was was unique or neat or justified, ultimately, it falls apart when you realize J-Hap, J-Hap stinks. J-Hap's been done for like two years now, and he's not particularly great against left-handed batters. That's why it was so weird. It's like, if he was this guy who was overwhelmingly good against lefties, you could understand it. But like, he's good against lefties. He's better against lefties than he is against righties. Didn't make a difference. Didn't make a difference. The race still got to him. Yankees tried to mount a nice little comeback there late in that game. The Yankees' offense is just so relentless. I mean, there's not an automatic out there anywhere, and as good as the Rays' bullpen was, because Tyler Glass now wasn't that good last night. I mean, five innings, four earned runs, did have a lot of strikeouts. Like, I know a lot of people love Tyler Glass now, and I think in terms of stuff, he's next level, like top three maybe in all of baseball, but the guy's career ERA is like close to five. Like, he he has ace stuff, but he's by no means an ace. And the Yankees got to him a little bit last night, but ultimately the Rays held on, evening that series at one game apiece. This looks like one to me that might go the distance. This might be a full knockdown, drag out, five-game series, and I'm looking forward to it. Before I move on to the second game I want to talk about in this segment, I got to bring up one more thing. C.B. Buckner was god-awful behind the plate last night, and I this has not been talked about enough I understand that baseball is a routine game, and with what's happened with the pandemic, routines have been completely thrown out of whack. It's been like that for the players, it's been like that for managers, for umpires. I I understand that. I I totally do. I also believe that I have seen worse umpiring in 2020 than in any other year on record in Major League Baseball. And maybe it's one of those things where it's just getting more documented. You have uh, Twitter accounts like Umpire Auditor, which are holding these guys' feet to the fire. But no, I'm sorry. I think it's it's even worse this year than I've ever seen it, and it's it's embarrassing. I like I hate the fact that I have to watch playoff games. This happens several times, you know, every postseason where you're watching a playoff game and you're paying just as much attention to the guy behind the plate as you are to the players on the field. I think it's really embarrassing. I don't get how guys like C.B. Buckner get to call playoff games. I guess it's an experience thing. The guys who have been around the longest get to call the most important games. If that's a rule, it needs to be changed. Because I could find any random ump from a Division II college game who could have done a better job behind the plate last night. It's really pathetic. I think it's a blight on the game of Major League Baseball that you have these guys who for, not years, decades at this point, C.B. Buckner's been around a long time, who we know are bums, who cannot call balls and strikes, who cannot make important calls when it matters, 
Still throwing them out there in big games. And at some point, and I hate to, I, I don't want this to happen, at some point, one of these guys is going to cost a team with an with a totally egregious call, cost them a playoff series, or potentially a World Series. And it's it's going to take an extreme example like that for Major League Baseball to realize they need to make a change, but hey, that's the grave they've dug for themselves. It's very disappointing. Lastly, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about this game because it's 2 o'clock in the morning right now and I got to get up in five hours, but the Dodgers took care of business beating the San Diego Padres last night. Took them a little bit of time to get going, but some of the big things that a lot of people noticed and the big story from this game was that Mike Clevenger, who missed the wild card round with an arm injury, came back last night and apparently re-aggravated that injury, re-injured himself, and in the second inning was pulled from that game. A devastating blow for the Padres. And what I watched last night, and this Padres team, they're young, they're very exciting, you know, upstart bunch, very, very bright future. They looked tired. They looked pretty exhausted. The, the hitters looked exhausted. Now, when you're having to face, you know, kind of the piggyback start of Walker Bueller, who didn't have his best stuff last night, then you follow that up with Dustin May, two guys who are lighting up radar guns. You're probably going to look a little bit lethargic going up against those guys. But even even besides that, they seemed fairly exhausted. And I think part of it is the way they won that wild card series. As exciting as it was, as fun as it was, as happy as I was for that fan base and for that team. That's not sustainable. Like, at a certain point, you're going to have to get some innings out of your starters, and they're not getting them right now. And I think that creates a serious problem for them. You know, they're scrappy, and they fight hard, and I, I could see them, you know, still winning a game in this series. Or hell, maybe even pushing this thing to five, but the Dodgers seem pretty locked in right now. Like, they aren't doing anything spectacular. They aren't as flashy, maybe, as the Yankees have looked, but they just keep going out and winning games. And this was a team, if this thing would have gone the full 162, would have been a team that would have won well over 100 ball games. I mean, they're so immensely talented. That lineup is so relentlessly good. Like I said, maybe they might not have the, the flash or the pop, of that Yankees lineup, but there's not a single guy there who I feel comfortable facing in a high leverage situation. They're just so deep. They took care of business last night and they keep rolling. Padres are going to have their work cut out for them. That's going to be a tough ask to try to get back into that series and maybe even win it. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-0-1-4. You can follow the show on Twitter at Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Leave a five-star review. I'd, I'd really uh, appreciate that a lot. It means a whole lot to me to know that you guys appreciate what I do. Thank you very much for listening. I'm so, so tired right now. I will be right back here tomorrow to recap four more playoff games. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.